0: Aye, well, it's November already. How on earth did that happen? It's been a tough and difficult few months, of course, for a lot of us. So I thought that we needed a bit of positivity, a bit of hope for this month's episode of The Influencers. So my guest this month is a young, enthusiastic, intelligent, wonderful entrepreneur, and her name is Chelsea Monnier. She's been an entrepreneur since she was 17 in the UK and in Nigeria and she's truly, well, a perfect example of how the younger generation can inspire, help and influence in so many ways. Her ventures include the Young Boss Network and she's currently in the middle of doing her master's degree in Cambridge University. And on top of all that, she's grounded, she's funny and she's determined to make a real difference. Anyway, enjoy this month's episode of The Influencers with myself, Chris Jones, and I guarantee you, after listening, you will want to get out there and start your own business. Hi, did. Hello. Hello. How how are you? Hi, Chris. Chelsea. I'm good.
1: I'm I'm just getting myself sorted out. Um, I'll be with you in two seconds. (laughs) Okay. Um... Let me just turn my camera on.
0: I can hear you. Hello. Ah. Thank you so much for joining me for this podcast. The title of the podcast, Chelsea, is The Influencers. And when I came across your name and your profile on social media, I thought, wow, now there's an influencer. There's a proper mm. influencer in so many ways. Now your name is Chelsea Monier. Monier. Monier yeah, Monier. How do you describe yourself uh, in your work, if you like, in, in, what do you do?
1: So my name is Chelsea Monnier. I'm a business coach and entrepreneur, and I help young people get in, started in business. So I do this through uh, coaching uh, courses and community. So I'm the founder of the Young Boss Network, and we now have just over 100 uh, members uh, where every month we run network online networking events now. Uh, masterclasses, free masterclasses. It's free to join. And we're basically teaching people branding, sales, and social media marketing strategies to get more impact, increase their Influence and up their income, okay. and this is all on the online space.
0: This is all online. So, so thus the young boss network. When did you start this? Uh, forgive me, you for saying, but you you seem quite young. Yeah, uh, you, you're, you're very young to be starting this kind of thing, and you become an entrepreneur. When yeah. did this all come about? When did the entrepreneurial spirit start, if you like? So,
1: um, I think for that, for my story, we have to start right at the beginning. So, the, my my earliest interest and um, experience with business started when i was about 16 and um i used to run a fashion lifestyle and beauty blog and this was back in the day before i say back in the day it was only a few years ago (laughs) (laughs) this was back when um you know it wasn't like today you know nowadays bloggers are making so much money from um, ad placements events sponsorships back then i was only doing it for fun i was only sharing with my small following you know what i was getting up to and um you know it was just really interesting and i used to get a lot of questions about um oh chelsea who takes your pictures where would you get this who does your makeup you know all these questions and i realized at the time that um we didn't have a central directory where uh creatives could come together and network and collaborate with other creatives and um you know uh get acquainted with people who could help them so i said okay i'll start something i didn't know what it was going to be but a hub where people could uh, sign up online and make a a directory uh, or sign up to the directory uh, and connect with people. So that was when I started, when I was 17, I started what I called at the time, the Esquire Network. We used to run networking events for creatives and then we had the online directory, it was free to join. And so the events were ticketed. Uh, We did brunches, we did masterclasses, we did open mic nights.
0: Okay, Um, hang on, before you go any further, let's step back a bit, okay? You said this. Uh, You did this at seventeen. So at seventeen, with all respect, not many young seventeen-year-old girls are thinking of doing this kind of thing. So where did that come from? That is, was your family involved in this kind of thing? No, they weren't.
1: So I, I think I've always been very ambitious. And I'm the first of four children. I have very ambitious parents, so I've never really felt as young as I was and I am still. And I've always known that I, I wanted to own my own business. I wanted to have my mm. own creative input in anything I was going to do in life. And I always wanted to start young. Um, that's just, I don't know where it came from, but like, you know, I have you know big dreams, big goals. So I want to live a, a very good life. And I know that I want to do that. Sooner
0: rather than later still in my (laughs) life. Yeah, well, hey, I'm 55 and I still have no idea what I want to do. But so um, now that you've, you've established yourself, is that something then go back to yourself being a 17 year old young black girl? Is that something that you you particularly want to 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 push to concentrate on by now?
1: I do have a focus on young people, but not necessarily teenagers. Um, I say anyone under the age of, I can help anyone really, it's the same skills and strategies, but I'm personally, I feel like I'm personally called to young people under the age of 35 and under. Um, And it's not just girls, it's uh, girls and boys, um, because there are a lot of girl boss coaches, people who are, you know, specifically helping girls. Um, which is amazing Um, and I do have some friends in that field but no I'm not specifically uh, just for girls.
0: Uh, Do you know what I've noticed I do a lot of um, uh, entrepreneurial business uh, events and uh, judging competitions in Wales we're based in Wales but most of the people taking part are girls that that says something I'm not quite sure what it says what what do you think it says that the girls are are more um, willing to put themselves forward there and to be more entrepreneurial than boys do boys not Grow up as fast as me? Huh. I shouldn't say
1: <laughs> that. That's a great question because it's, that's a very honest and true observation. Um, even within the network, I'd definitely say 85 to 90% of our members are girls. We don't have pink branding. I specifically told my designers we do not want to. It's really hard because being female led. It's automatic. People automatically think it's a girl thing, but our branding isn't female. However, most of the engagement we do get and most of our members are girls. That is um, something I would definitely have to look into to figure out why. But um, I do find that uh, we are in a generation where girls are being told to you know, speak up and that they're worth it and that they can do everything they want to do. And so uh, you do have girls who are starting up all sorts of different businesses and enterprises and there's a lot of support for girls, a lot of communities for girls. Um, so yeah, I think that's the main thing is that girls are really, really bold and confident now and doing things that perhaps, you know, 30, 40, 50 years, they wouldn't have been no, uh, seen to no. be doing.
0: And, and that's a good thing, obviously. Now, I was going through yeah. your, your CV or uh, well, certainly your, your LinkedIn profile and my word, you've done quite a bit in your... In your- your short time already um explain to us what the volunteer work you did was all about the elevate summer camp and also the i'm intrigued by the cherry blossom tea room before we move on what's that about um yeah so back in when i was
1: 17 as well I started a uh, charity summer camp, which I still run right now, although because of the, lo- the COVID and everything, yeah. we haven't had a camp this year. But this is an annual summer camp uh, based in Nigeria at the moment. We hope to expand in the future, where we run um, summer camp holidays for kids uh, who are from a less privileged background. Because I grew up going to summer camps, and you know, I really, really loved them, really enjoyed the experience. It was definitely part of my growing up. So. I said, you know, these kids don't have that kind of opportunity. So I wanted to make something uh, that, you know, I could bring these kids to, they're usually under the age of 15. So between 18 and 15, we split them up into the age appropriate groups. And, you know, they're doing arts and crafts, they're doing drama, music, uh, sports. um, We're feeding them for the whole time. Uh, it's not residential at the moment so they do come and then go each day Uh, but my dream is definitely to make it a residential camp and so yeah that's (laughs) that's
0: Uh, this is in nigeria this is in nigeria so what's the connection with nigeria
1: yeah, so I'm from Nigeria, so I'm, I'm from the UK, but my heritage is Nigerian. Right,
0: okay, right. And explain Cherry Blossom Tea Room, that sounds intriguing as well. Yeah,
1: so when I went to uni, I decided that I wanted to try something new. So I decided I started baking, I went to, learn, I went to school for cake. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she went to, to classes, evening classes, and I learned to bake and I learned to uh, decorate cakes. Mm. So I started to sell cakes at uni. My home, ca- I did everything, Chris. I was really doing everything. <laughs> um, yeah, so I started my home bakery called Cherry Blossom Tea Room, which I do plan to relaunch in a physical location. One day have an actual, you know, cherry blossom themed tea room. Right. Um, and um, down the road from where, so I went to University of Birmingham. I studied law at Birmingham. And um, down the road, we had a Chinese cafe and I actually used to sell my cupcakes to them. So I had a physical location in Birmingham where anyone could go and buy cherry blossom tea and cupcakes. I thought it was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and I somehow managed to fit this in uh, with my law degree. <laughs> um, so that was that was great. That was a really good experience.
0: Let's talk about university. You said you went to university in Birmingham to do law, but after you graduated, you then went to your master's in Cambridge, am I right?
1: Yeah, I'm at Cambridge right now.
0: Oh, right, you're still there?
1: Yeah, so I'm going into my second, year. my master's degree
0: is two years. Oh, I see, right, okay. Um, I was going to ask you, uh, do you mind me asking, what's that experience been like going to Cambridge University, knowing that we, you know, of all the traditions and the presumptions maybe of Cambridge University and it's Mm -hmm. for the elite and blah, 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 have you found it? difficult have you found it exciting have you found it weird
1: that's a great question um so with Cambridge so I went to Birmingham to study law I didn't want to study law to be honest but uh, I come from a very traditional family and in my culture Uh, you know we you know we're pushed to study very traditional
0: law or doctor maybe is it exactly my mum's a
1: doctor my is an academic you know it's very (laughs) it's very one way but I can't do maths I can't do science so my only other option was law what do you mean you can't
0: do maths you're not very good at maths you mean yes oh yeah yes. No, no, okay. no, 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 no 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 so you had to do law okay so you went so, to i mean law. i can
1: do math but i just wasn't i'm not a mathy or arithmetic or sciencey person so you know i was like okay i can read and i can write so i'll do law so i went <coughs> and i did my law degree i i do plan to sit the bar eventually but right now i'm doing i'm just you know living my life so i decided to do law and that was okay it was a good experience i really did enjoy birmingham but then after my second degree My parents and I, we agreed, we came to a conclusion that uh, my second degree would definitely be something that I felt would be very beneficial to my career, and I felt that would be um, directly useful to my next phase in life, which is business and helping other people with their business. So I started to look for uh, courses Uh, towards the end of my law degree, I started to look for master's degrees, Um, and so many different schools are now doing the entrepreneurship and the innovation masters. Um, which I thought was really interesting. Um, However, Cambridge had the the way Cambridge's course was set up was such that it was part-time or it is part-time which enables me to study and work on my business at the same time and give equal time to both. Right, so okay. that was why I decided to apply for the Cambridge course. I didn't apply anywhere else. I was that focused on going <laughs> to Cambridge, which in hindsight, it, it was very risky because, you know, I could have easily not got in, but um, I didn't have a backup choice. I didn't have any right. grad jobs. I didn't apply for any grad jobs, I didn't apply for any internships, nothing, just the degree.
0: And amongst um, all this work you so do, your your college work if you like you are influencing by setting up the the young boss network and helping young people being entrepreneurs setting up their business as well can i ask you who were your influences then as a young girl growing up were mm. they were they particularly business influences entrepreneurial influences
1: work-wise definitely i say my mom sounds cliche but she's extremely hardworking, and that's she's someone who i've seen all my life like this so that was immediately, I think, where I got my drive from. And then at different stages of my uh, online experience, I've seen online coaches and entrepreneurs, uh, you know, online, who I thought, wow, that's amazing what they're doing, especially if they're young. That's something that I can relate to. So, and then I also have academic influencers. So other uh, young uh, black women who have been to Oxbridge, for example, although that didn't necessarily influence my choice to go to Cambridge, but um, so just, things just aligned for me to be there. So the type of course, the timing, my age. So you asked about my experience at Cambridge. I was only 20 when I applied and got accepted, and I was actually I'm actually the youngest person in my cohort. So I'm the youngest person in my year.
0: Right. Okay.
1: <laughs> I was surprised to be accepted simply because um, some of my classmates are 70, 65, 50 years old. You know, the average age is 35. Really? Um, and these are people who are on their second or third business, they've exited already, wow. they're investors, yeah. they're head fund guys. Um, but they were interested in me because, specifically because I'm so young and have done quite a lot of things mm. already. already. And so yeah. they felt that I would be bringing a unique, a new, fresh perspective to my cohort.
0: <laughs> you're definitely in the right place then, aren't you, really, with regards to all those people around you? Um, yeah, you yeah. talked a little on about your heritage was, uh, from Nigeria. Um, mm-hmm. Can I ask you, do you mind me asking, is there an entrepreneurial spirit within Nigerians?
1: 100%. So uh, Africans in general are very, uh, they've, we've got this huge hostile mentality. I think everyone is trying to do better than the previous generation and everyone wants to live um, a really comfortable, good uh, lifestyle. And with um, the way things are set up, most people who are in nigeria often cannot live the kind of life they want to live just off of one income or just off their one nine to five you'd be all right but if you want to live you know more comfortably more luxuriously a lot of people are setting up you know one two side hustles and then when the side hustles pick up they're quitting their 95s and going into private practice going into you know their private business and that's very very common Um the average person i'd say you'd meet the average middle class person definitely has either done business in the past or it has a business right now that they're doing.
0: Let's talk about your experiences again then quickly if we may, in, in Cambridge. Yeah. Have you found it more difficult than you thought it would have been to be a young black person within Cambridge? I'm not trying to be condescending here, but do you, do you know what I'm no, trying to ask? No, I'm that's, trying to I mean, ask that's, that's a understand.
1: hot topic right now, especially yeah. the fact that Cambridge and Oxford, they don't, they're not, the acceptance rate. To black and minority minority ethnic groups is very low, is abysmally low. Honestly, my experience uh, hasn't been negative. I think it's helping that the, my cohort is very international. Right. So at the masters level, most, most I'd say over fifty percent, over fifty percent are international students. That's been quite good. Plus, you know, if you're studying at that level, it's highly academic, uh, no matter what you're studying. So there is a lot of emphasis so on the on the academic side of things. Um, Because I'm not living at Cambridge full time, I cannot say I have the same experiences as those who are living full time at Cambridge. I I won't have the same experiences as someone who, for example, did the whole undergraduate degree living there for three years. But in terms of my personal experience, uh, it hasn't been bad. It's been surprising in terms of my academic performance, because I've done, honestly, I've done better than I thought I would, simply because, you know, there's this whole thing about, you know, Oxford is really hard, or Cambridge, you know, it's very, very stressful and tough. Um, but I think if you're studying a course that you really are passionate about and um, is your thing, then you'll be
0: fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and do you think the situation with regards to accepting, uh, you know, ethnic minorities into the universities, would that improve? What, what needs to be done? To improve, do you think that Black Lives Matter campaign uh, helps this 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 kind of attitude, if you like, if this kind of thing?
1: In terms of acceptance, so there's so many different things. For example, just knowledge and exposure. So I was privileged enough to go to private school from my secondary school from the age of eleven. So immediately, the opportunities that I have and ha- have had have just been different from people who grew up going to, you know, state schools or grammar schools or uh, and then other schools that have been selective. But even at my school, which was in Oxfordshire, it wasn't even a thing to apply to Oxford and Cambridge. People applied to Leeds and Bristol and Warwick to do English and history, but I was the only one who applied to do law. It just wasn't a thing. So the more people are speaking about their Oxford experiences, the more it's talked about, the more it's normalized, I think, the more applications you're going to get. Because then we're not saying that these black people, the Asians, that they're not smart enough to go into Cambridge. It's just not, it's, it's almost like it's not, in terms of it is accessible but people are not talking about it um there's people don't even consider that this is something they can do which is really sad that's That's
0: really sad isn't it the fact that they don't think that they should or they're not allowed or yeah
1: even though it's kind of like an unspoken uh, thing you
0: know but hopefully universities will recognize that and see that and accept the brightest students no matter who they are yeah. isn't it yeah. So, yeah. yeah exactly let's talk about entrepreneurship then you're obviously passionate about entrepreneurship and, and business in general and you're not going to do law come on let's face it you, you're going to be a high powered entrepreneur you're not going to be law you're not going to be a lawyer anyway uh, we'll talk about we'll talk about <laughs> that in a second let's talk about entrepreneurship do you think yeah. you talked about Nigeria being a, a, a really sort of uh, passionate place a really good place to be an entrepreneur it's in their uh-huh. in their blood if you like in their DNA do you yeah. think that britain in it's a very general question do you think that the uk in general is a good place to be an entrepreneur do we have the right mentality if you like to be a successful entrepreneur
1: i'd say my my experience with british people british people maybe it's a stereotype i don't know what it is but tend to be very uh one way so just the thought of doing things differently—it doesn't come so naturally. Um, doing things uh, sp- uh, spontaneously, things outside the box. So the entrepreneurship is very, can be very random. It's not guaranteed. You're not guaranteed to make money. You're not guaranteed to, you know, hit your targets. It's very, very uh, spontaneous. And um, growing up in a system where go to school, might go to college or uni, apply for a grad job, get into the system. That's very comfortable. That's very, you know, yeah, it's, so it's, it's, safe. it's guaranteed. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, I think if, if people are willing to think outside the box and, you know, believe or want more for themselves, first of all, you know, and some people are very happy, you know, with the status quo, which is fine, you know, as long as you're paying bills and you're all right, that's perfectly fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. But I think That if you want to solve a problem or um, because when I I speak to people a lot about entrepreneurship, I don't think it's just to make money. I think you should be solving a problem, helping people. There should be purpose behind it. 100% if people are having problems they're solving, they have an actual purpose they're working towards then, yeah, I think uh, in the UK, entrepreneurship can can grow and is growing. There's so many schemes and so many opportunities that are coming up, yeah. um, even the corporates, banks and investment banks and... Firms are actually putting out funds and grants and things to support, especially young people in business. So, I think that's really great.
0: But I wonder if that's part of the problem that the I mean, it's a generalization, I know, but UK or British people in general want to be an entrepreneur to make money, to make as much money as quickly as possible. They don't really think of the social enterprise side of it. And there's also a mentality maybe that the Americans or the Asians or the Africans or the Europeans in general haven't got of. Um, you build them up, build them up, and then as soon as it becomes success, the first thing to do is bring them on down.
1: Oh, absolutely! I I actually really agree with that. Um, That's also a thing in the UK where you're not allowed to bear your own home, your own home oh, too much. Tell me about
0: it. Yeah, it, it is. I think it's a British thing, isn't it? Really?
1: Definitely. I think so. I think it is a British thing because even at school, um, I, I used to do a lot of things at school. You know, when I was in blogging, I still at school, but um, but I didn't talk about it much. People would see my my social media and they'd ask me about it. And I'd be a bit shy. Um, that's different now. So that's very different now. But back then, you know, and it's it's in a system. You're you grow up around people that way. That's all yeah. you know. So everyone's yeah. really shy. But in America, I have lots of American friends and African friends. It's so different, yeah. and and people are moving at a
0: different pace. Yeah. You know, no, abroad I, I, yeah. I totally, because totally of this you know, confidence and everything. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, what gives you most? pleasure then if you like when you are helping a, a young person to be an entrepreneur they've got this idea um, but they don't really know where to go with it what to do what, what gives you the most pleasure uh, to it when you are helping these people
1: i think when people have that aha moment uh, i help people who have this idea and they don't really know uh, where to start and how to start and um I really do help people get clear with what it is in their head and then figure out what is the best branding and then sales and marketing strategies so when I get people having getting results I'm that's just I'm just ecstatic um, I recently helped someone who uh, came to me she wanted to start a beauty business she'd never been in business before she'd never really uh, had an entrepreneurial drive but you know during the lockdown so many amazing things are happening you know yeah. more time on your hands and um, everything everyone online seems to be doing something so people got inspired so she decided to you know launch this beauty and hair business and uh, her goal she's in school still so she wasn't bothered about the profits she just wanted to be doing something her goal was to make two thousand pounds two thousand three thousand pounds by the end of the year um, so I was like, yes, I'm sure you can do this way quicker, but let's start. And she made that within her first month of launching and uh, went. To made her profits. And she was so happy. She's been going really well, been getting interviewed. And, you know, her social media has been blowing up. So things like that really do excite me and really do make it all worth it. Because, Absolutely. you know, anyone can actually do whatever it is they want as long as they Um, they're guided they're driven and um, in business they have a validated product that people want (laughs) basically yeah
0: and i suppose as you said earlier on um, being where we are now with COVID-19 and the pandemic and and the lockdowns i I suppose it could be the best time to start a business in a way isn't it people say no i can't do it now it's not not the right time but there is no yeah. right time, but I suppose it's probably a good good time to start a business and to think of something.
1: And um, a lot of people were scared to start a business, especially in the pandemic, because uh, you know, pe- you know, the economy is down, people, are, and they feel people are not going to spend money. But actually, what we have seen is people are spending money. Um, I guess finances have been redistributed. We're not traveling as much, but no one's going on holiday. So actually, if anyone is, you know, is worried about starting now and thinking no one's going to pay or buy or pay for your service, people are actually spending money. I think the most important thing that you have to make sure you have done is validated your idea. Make sure that this is something that people want this is something that people will pay for, and it's not just a fun thing in your head. That's, this is if you want to make money, by the way. This is not just a fun <laughs> thing in your head that you want to experiment with. Yeah. If it's an experiment, that's great. Uh, but if you want to make money, make sure that people actually want this thing. That's the biggest uh, mistake people tend to I, make.
0: And make a difference as well, hopefully. isn't it? Hopefully people can think, yeah, I can make money, but I really want to make a difference. Exactly, yeah. Okay, then, let's finish up. Now, you you said, <laughs> um, sorry, I don't know why I'm laughing. You said you did a, a law degree, but I genuinely can't imagine you being a lawyer or a solicitor sitting in an office, sitting still, um, doing that. Forgive me if I'm wrong. So, where would you see yourself after you've done your master's? Where would you like to be? Where would you like to see yourself in yeah, I, know, for five, around,
1: I, am, I am going to eventually sit the bar, not in the UK, <laughs> right. um, yes yeah, so I am going to sit the bar eventually, um, I'm going to start preparing for that next year actually, straight after this degree and part time as well.
0: So where will you sit the bar, in Nigeria? In New York. In New York, beg a right? Oh, right, okay. Yes, well. yes
1: in New York. Um, so that allows me to be an international lawyer. And the um, majority of the business transactions and deals are actually done um, with New York laws, either the British law, English law, or the New York law. I will qualify as an attorney. However, I will not be sitting in an office. As you can imagine, that's not me. No, no. No. <laughs> um, But uh, I will then specialize in business law so that I can advise clients and, and, you know, people I'm coaching on patents, and setting up a business, and business registration tax, and things like that.
0: So, this is where the entrepreneurial bit comes in, isn't it, really? Exactly. So, that's
1: how I plan to link the two, because I don't want my degree to just, you know, be a waste. Um, And it won't, because I have learned some invaluable stuff, but I do actually, I couldn't see it at the start. I was like, I don't want to be a lawyer. But actually, um, the qualifying as an attorney in a couple of years will allow me to, officially then even create business law courses for entrepreneurs who are just starting out and want to get their their legals in check but maybe they can't afford a lawyer or they want to do it self-paced because I love to do a lot of things self-paced so to just be able to advise people legally in their business uh, so that's that's where the law will come in hopefully
0: I tell you what you'll need to make up some money in New York because it's the most expensive city I've ever been in It's unbelievable well as far as I'm concerned Chelsea I mean Never mind influencing and, and helping young people. I think you can help any age, men or women, Thank girls so or much. boys. You Thank really, you. really can with the, the young boss networks and everything, and and wherever you go.
1: Thank you. I much. genuinely,
0: genuinely think even after meeting you now for the last half an hour, you will make an impact in any business mm-hmm. in any world you go into, and. Thank you are you. definitely a name and a, and a face to watch out for. Where do people get hold of yourself, um, uh, contact details with regards to the Young Boss Network and, and all the other things you do as well?
1: Yeah, so um, the best place to reach out to me is on Instagram at Chelsea Monnier. My networks page is at Network, and then email is info at the com.
0: There we are. Chelsea, influencer, young or not? Thank you very very much. Thank you so much. Thank you
1: very much.